Hi, I'm Pastor DeAndre J. Cross Sr., the pastor teacher of the St. John Baptist Church of Belle Place, Louisiana. Thank you for joining me today on the Renewing Your Mind podcast. Let's go into the sanctuary of the St. John Baptist Church and hear today's message. I want to invite you today to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the epistle of Philippians. Philippians, the first chapter. Today I just want to simply give some reflections out of the text and some reflections that I've gone through on this week and I pray that it would serve as an encouragement to all of us to develop a different perspective as it relates to this pandemic to which we are facing. And so we are arresting our attention this morning in Philippians chapter 1. I want to look today at verses 12 through 14. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and therein the reading is this. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Look with me again at verse number 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. This is the word of God for the people of God. In his book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, Rabbi Harold Kushner tells the story of how his son Aaron contracted a disease called progeria, which is a rapid aging disease. Trying to understand his son's sickness and ultimately his son's death, he wrote a book entitled, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And in an interview with a man by the name of Phil Donahue, Donahue asked Kushner to explain his book, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. Kushner immediately responded, if the book was why bad things happen to good people, the volume would be one page long and three words. I don't know. But it's not why, but when bad things happen to good people. Underscoring the fact that trauma, tragedy, and uncertainty are inevitable encounters that every human being will have to go through in this life. 
it lends itself to two ways to which we can address trouble. Either we could address trouble on the Y side, and the Y side is the side of explanation, where we ask God to explain himself, or we could deal with our trouble on the what side. The what side is the strategy side. The what side asks the question, what do you do with what is left after the devastation? This seems to be the tenor and tone of what Paul writes while under house arrest in Rome, where he is awaiting trial to the church at Philippi. Concerned about his well-being and knowing that he is personally financing his Roman imprisonment, the church demonstrates their love and concern for him by sending him a financial gift by Epaphroditus. And in response, Paul writes this short thank you note that eventually became known as the book of Philippians. And having prayed for the Philippians in verses 3 through 11 of chapter 1, Paul writes verses 12 through 18 not to answer the question of why these things happened unto him, but rather he is writing to discuss the what of what's happened to him. He begins in verse 12 by saying, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, the things which have happened unto me. Paul here is acknowledging the fact that his life of service unto the Lord did not exempt him from things happening in his life. In fact, it seems as though the more Paul served Christ, the more things begin to happen. It seems as though the more he loved God, the more he lived for God, and the more he labored for God, the more things begin to happen. And Paul says to us on this morning, Paul says, I have discovered this about life, and that is things will happen. This is exactly what the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 19. The psalmist said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Affliction and adversity is a present reality. In other words, the righteous is not exempt. The righteous is not excused. And the righteous does not get a free pass from affliction. No, things will happen. But our text today is telling to teach us that when 
things happen, you ought not focus on why it's happening, but you ought to focus on the what. And the what says, what do I do with what has happened unto me? When you look at the what of our text today, you will discover that the things that have happened to Paul has actually opened some new doors in his life. And that's actually my first and only point on today, and that is adversity opens new doors. In verses 12 through 14, Paul takes a divine perspective on his situation. Paul understands that God is using his imprisonment for the furtherance of the gospel. Verse, verse 12 says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. That word furtherance means to advance. It's a term that means to blaze a trail before an army. It's a picture of an army marching forward and as they are marching forward they must deal with the various obstacles that come in their path. Thus, they must clear the path and cut down the trees out of their way and what seems to have slowed them down, they were actually able to now progress through it. Therefore, the circumstances in Paul's life were intended to interrupt his life. His circumstances were intended to silence his voice, to stop his work, to stagnate his ministry, and to suspend his service. But instead, his opposition became an opportunity. This opportunity was for Paul to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice in this text, Paul is not whining about his situation. He's not complaining about not being able to go and share the gospel on missionary journeys. He, he's not even complaining about his critics. Paul is not freaking out. No, Paul is in prison, but while he is in prison, he is able to rejoice. Not only is Paul able to rejoice, but Paul writes to the Philippians to tell them that they didn't need to sit around crying over his imprisonment either. The question, the question is, how is Paul able to rejoice? How is Paul able to have joy in the midst of being in prison? Paul was able to rejoice because he realized that what has happened unto him has actually opened some new doors for him. Have I got a witness here? I said, what has happened to Paul? has actually opened some new doors for him to advance the gospel. For the last five months, we have been faced with a global health pandemic. For many, the pandemic has 
left us frustrated, it has left us fractured, and has left us fatigued. And for five months we have been sitting, soaking, and souring in pity because all we have been able to see are the negative effects of the pandemic. And for five months we have allowed this pandemic to interrupt, to silence, to stop, to stagnate, and to suspend our lives all because we had the wrong perspective of the pandemic. We, we, we have viewed this pandemic as a setback when we should view it as an open door to new opportunities. This pandemic has been for us an, op an open door for an opportunity, for new opportunities. This pandemic has provided for us the opportunity to do big things for God, the opportunity to reimagine ministry, the opportunity to rethink possibilities, the opportunity to launch new visions, the opportunity to dream new dreams, the opportunity to write new books, the opportunity to go back to school. God often brings us to adversity so that he can take that adversity and cause it to create new opportunities in our lives. And I've come today to encourage us to not let this pandemic cause you to miss your opportunity. Don't allow this pandemic to cause you to lose your cutting edge. No, let it encourage you and inspire you to tap into the untapped potential that lies in each and every one of us. Paul's opposition became his opportunity because he says, I want you to know, brethren and sisters, that the things that have happened to me has actually served to further the gospel, has actually served to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And because Paul viewed this as an opportunity to advance the gospel, two things began to happen. People started hearing the gospel, and people started speaking the gospel. First, people started hearing the gospel. Verse 13 says, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. When, when the Christians at Rome assembled together for worship, they noticed that the membership of the church continued to grow. The church grew numerically because the people were hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And upon hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, they were getting saved. But the question becomes, how were they able to hear the gospel if Paul was locked up in jail? And the answer is simply God gave Paul an effective prison ministry. Paul couldn't travel from place to place to share the gospel on his missionary 
journeys. So he said, I'll just share the gospel right here where I am. Paul used his imprisonment as a platform to share the gospel. Paul used his chains. Paul used his jail cell as a pulpit to share the gospel with some lost sinner man, woman, boy, or girl. He used the thing that had him bound as a tool to help others get free. But the question is, how was Paul able to do this? For two solid years, Paul was in chains. And the chains that were on him were like extended handcuffs that were about 18 inches long. It was always attached to his wrist. It was never taken off of Paul. But on the other end of the chains, the Roman soldiers would attach themselves to the chain. And while chained to that Roman soldier, Paul would preach and teach Christ. And every four hours or so, they would unchain themselves so that the next soldier can come and chain himself to Paul. And when the soldier would get off duty, he would then go home and teach his family everything that he had learned while he was chained to Paul. Have I got a witness here? And that's what I've come to tell you on today is that there are moments where God will place us in solitude. God will lock us up. God will lock us down. And when you find yourself locked up and locked down, you will discover that God always will hook you together with somebody for, for the express purpose of you being able to share the gospel with them. In other words, in other words, we got to learn how to continue to share the gospel. We got to learn how to continue to preach Jesus in spite of what is going on in our lives. I could be, I, I, when I think with my sanctified imagination, I, I, I believe in my heart of hearts that they thought when they was locking Paul up, remember, they locked Paul up for preaching. And I could believe that when they locked him up, they thought that they would be able to shut him up. But Paul taught them that you may be able to lock up the messenger, but you can't stop the message. And that's what I come to tell somebody on today. We might be locked up in the house. We might be in quarantine, but you can't stop God's message from getting out. And that's what's going on, that even though we are in quarantine, the gospel is still spreading. Even though we are in quarantine, people are still hearing the gospel. And that's been the blessing of this pandemic, because people now are hearing about Jesus who have never heard about Jesus before. Have I got a witness here? Because Paul was bold, because Paul tapped in and understood that he has an open door for new opportunities, people started hearing the gospel. And not only did people start hearing the gospel, but people started speaking the gospel. Have I got a witness here? Verse 14 says, And most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's 
enthusiasm caused others to become inspired. Paul's enthusiasm caused others to become encouraged. They were encouraged by Paul's boldness. And when they saw the boldness of Paul in spite of what they were in spite of what he was going through, they became much more bold to speak the word because they said, if Paul can do it, we can do it. If Paul can still preach Jesus and not be in fear over what will possibly happen to him, certainly we can preach Jesus and not fear for our lives of what Paul, of what can possibly happen to us. Paul did not stop and because Paul did not quit they were encouraged to speak the gospel and this is a word for us on today that even in the midst of adversity we ought to keep pushing we ought to keep pressing our way because someone is watching you go through what you're going through and what you don't know is what you don't know is how you handle what you're going through serves as encouragement to somebody else. I gotta go. But let me see if I can make it make sense. Pastor, Pastor Dante Wright, he, he tells the story of a recent experience he had while shopping. While shopping, he saw a particular fabric from which he was contemplating having a suit design but he really could not totally, he was really not totally sold on the fabric. And so as he discussed this possibility of having a suit designed, he was not a sure of how this fabric would look in a suit. And so his tailor offered him a suggestion. He said, we will help you out if you look at the dummy that's on display. It is dressed in the suit of the same fabric you are considering. Lord have mercy. The tailor then gave the dummy a nicer shirt. And suddenly he was able to see it. The tailor then gave the dummy a nicer tie. And again he was able to see the complete suit properly displayed. All because he saw what he was looking for as it was already on a dummy. And that's what God does. Sometimes God has to get a dummy and place it in front of the people. He then lets the people see the dummy go through hell and watch how the dummy handles his hell. And when the dummy goes through hell, he can testify to those who are watching him that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, tell me where would I? I be. And that's what I've come to say on today. People are watching how you handle what you're going through. People are looking to see how you're going to handle your trouble. People are watching to see how you're handling this pandemic. Let me encourage you. Don't crack under the pressure. Don't fold under the pressure. Don't throw in the towel under, under the, the pressure because you just don't know how much you are encouraging somebody else. Not long ago, not long ago, I was at a low place in ministry. I felt overwhelmed. 
I felt as though I was overloaded, I was overworked, I was underappreciated, and I was abandoned. Nothing was going right. And just when things took a turn in the right direction, then out of nowhere, I'm back to where I started several years ago. And I had become frustrated. I was so frustrated that I said to myself, I said to myself, I must be the problem. And I said, you know what, God, you can have it. I put, a, I put a plan together. I said I would go back to school, finish my music education degree. I would find somewhere to teach music, and I would just ride off into the sunset. But then one day, out of nowhere, I got a random mad message from a pastor in Pensacola, Florida, that I knew of, but that I did not know personally. And that message said, there are people like you who give us strength that we need to face day-to-day -day problems. I look to you, my brother, and I am proud of you. And after so many battles faced, some lost, others victorious, I find you a complete winner. Standing there with a lot of faith. And nobody knocks you down because God is the one that sustains you. That message came to me at a moment when I needed it most. But it also taught me that people are watching how I handle my adversity and they are encouraged by me. And that's what Paul says here in verse 14. He says, and most of the brethren in the Lord became confident by my chains are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And St. John, I've come to tell you today that this is not the time for us to throw in the towel. This is not the time for us to faint. This is not the time for us to lose heart. No, this is the time for us to get creative. It's the time for us to reimagine ministry. It's the time for all of us to get busy in the work. We have a great opportunity before us. But the question is, what are we going to do with this opportunity? Are we going to keep crying and complaining about this pandemic? Or are we going to change our perspective? and view our adversity as an open door for us to live out the vision of our church which says that the St. John Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, Bible-preaching and teaching, spiritually motivated church that's renewing minds and transforming lives. Our mission, here it is, is to advance the Great Commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by making disciples, marking disciples, maturing disciples, and ministering to the needs of the total man with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. This pandemic, if we change our perspective, has served as an open door for us to be able to advance the gospel. And if we walk through this open door, more people will begin to hear the gospel and more people will begin to speak the gospel.
These are my reflections over this passage. Don't give up, don't quit. Just change your perspective. And you'll be able to, just like Paul, rejoice because Christ is being preached. To rejoice because the gospel is spreading. Thank you for listening to the Renewing Your Mind podcast. We pray that today's message was an encouragement unto you. Until next time, be encouraged.